Well, good morning again. Um, most of you are aware that there are six different realms of being within Buddhism. And there's also six different ways of being. The realms of being we speak of cosmologically. The ways of being we speak of psychologically. So what are those six realms? There's the realm of the devas, the gods and goddesses. There's the realms of we humans. There's the realms of the Asuras or the fighting titans. And these are considered the good ways of being, the good realms to be reborn into. And then there's the three lower realms. First and foremost, the animals. Secondly, the hungry ghosts. And lastly, the hell beings. Now, I got to tell you, after 53 years of practicing veterinary medicine and um, dealing with thousands of clients and their pets, I would venture to say that close to 50% of my clients would say they'd rather come back as animals than they would as another human being because pets get so well taken care of generally. They lay around all day doing nothing, yet they get fed, they get watered, they get sheltered, they get a pat on the head, and what a way to exist. And I think some of them are serious about it. The other thing that's actually kind of, kind of tragic in a way, I have a tremendous number of clients um, especially single, older single people, who say that they're closer to their pets than any other human being. And that's really kind of sad and kind of tragic that the relation, not knocking the relationship with their pets, but to have just that relationship as the most important relationship in their life. I find kind of sad and I always feel a little bit disheartened when they leave telling me that. Well, I, I only have uh, basic cable. Uh, I don't have any of these streaming services or anything on my TV. So the movies that I watch are generally movies that I've seen at least five times and oftentimes 10 or 15 times. And I just watched Couples Retreat again this past week. And Couples Retreat, for those of you who haven't seen it, there are four couples who are good friends. And the one couple is dealing with infertility, years upon years of infertility. And needless to say, and I can speak from personal experience with my first wife because we went through it, needless to say, it really puts the kibosh on any type of spontaneous loving relationship in that marriage, really puts the kibosh on it. And uh, my wife and I struggled for years went through all kinds of testing, treatments, and, um, um, you know, it's really, uh, I got to be honest with you, as she would, if she were still around, uh, to have to make love within this particular hour and force it is damn near impossible. And there's nothing that very good about it at all. And oftentimes just doesn't work. So, uh, that's the couple who doesn't have a whole lot of money. And so they go to their friends and they say, listen, if you'll come with us, 
for couples, they'll give us a really great discount on this package deal. And eventually these other three couples decide to join them. Sure, a lot of fun, jet skiing and surfing and all the stuff they're gonna do, scuba diving, two weeks. But part of the deal is you have to undergo some counseling. And um, these couples who supposedly, each one is at a different therapist, How's your marriage? Oh, perfect, perfect, this couple. How's your marriage? Oh, it's wonderful, it's wonderful. Everyone has the perfect marriage. Until the therapists start digging a little bit more deeply. And then it comes up that there's stresses in all of these marriages. Aside from the couple that has the infertility issues, there's some control issues in there with the husband. Seriously controlling do it my way or else. The second couple, he was the football star. She was the cheerleader. They had sex while they were in high school. She got pregnant. They got married. Their daughter is now in college, but each of them is trying to get laid by someone else other than their spouse. There's the couple that works day and night. He works 10-hour days every day because they have two kids they got to support. She takes care of the home and raising the kids. And by the time they get the kids away to bed at night, neither one of them wants to climb into bed and have sexual relationships. They're too damn tired. And then there's the couple that's already divorced. She had never been with anybody else, and she wanted to try the field. So the guru, the fellow who has established this protocol of challenging marriages and trying to improve them and make them better, at the end of the week, he awards them because they've all been successful. Their relationships are a whole lot stronger. And uh, he awards them a, a little animal that represents their relationship. So the couple that was infertile, he gives them the rabbit. Of course, what's the rabbit a symbol of? It's a symbol of fertility. And, uh, and he says, the rabbit, you know, even though it has all kinds of obstacles and scurries around, it tries to overcome those obstacles and always finds a way of making a home. And the wolf to this couple that were trying to get laid by everyone else but their spouse, the wolf, the wolf makes a home for life. It mates for life. And I see that you two now will be good. And to the couple that was divorced, he said, the honeybee, it flits from flower to flower, tasting this ne nectar, tasting this nectar. But eventually it goes back home to the queen in the hive. And then to the couple that's working day and night, trying to make money and raise a family, he gives them a statue of the ass. You are the ass. He said, you struggle valiantly. You carry all these loads, a load on your shoulders. And stoically, you carry the burdens of others. All for good, you are the ass. And then the next week, they have fun surfing and waterboarding and everything else. Wonderful movie. Well, Buddhism is not without its animal parables. 
And um, there's one that's really classic in uh, East Asia, particularly uh, Japan, Korea, Vietnam, um, Taiwan, and China. And it's called The Parable of the Moon Rabbit, or The Rabbit in the Moon. And the story goes like this. There's this old man wandering through the jungle and the meadows. and He's obviously near death. He's hungry and withered. And These three animal friends who have been good friends for a long time, the fox, the monkey, and the rabbit, they see this old man. They talk amongst themselves. What are we going to do for him? What can we do for him? And the fox says, ah, I'll go out and get him some fish. And the fox goes to the river and grabs a fish and brings it back for the old man. And the monkey says, ah, I can climb a tree and get some berries. Off he scurries and comes back and brings back a bunches of berries for the old man. And the rabbits, what do I do? What do I do? All I do is eat grass. He scurries out and brings back a bunch of grass. He says, he can't eat grass. So he lights a fire and makes this huge bonfire and throws his body right in the fire for the old man to eat him. And at that, when this old man saw the sacrifice, the self-sacrifice that this rabbit offered up, he actually showed himself to be Chakra, Lord of the gods and goddesses and to see to heaven at the top of, top of Mount Meru, at what then was considered the center of the, the cosmos. And he says, rabbit, because you offered yourself, your entire being for me, he says, I'm going to show the world for the rest of time. And I'm going to let you be the guardian of the moon. And the full moon was actually just about eight or nine days ago. And I happened to come out that night and look up there. And sure enough, you can see the rabbit in the moon. There's the shadow. Right there. And there's a mortar and a pestle. And within Korea and Japan, the mortar and the pestle are considered to be the rabbit is grinding rice cakes, or rice to make up rice cakes. And within China, which is the one I really like, in China it's considered the rabbit to be grinding up herbs for people to use as medicine. This is what our practice is all about. What's the, the primary symbol, especially in Zen, of enlightenment, awakening? The full moon. The full moon. It's our symbol of seeing things the way they really are. This is how life is. This is what awakening is about. How do you get there? Self-sacrifice. Letting go of ego. Letting go of the pronouns I, me, and mine and focusing on the pronoun other. May we all trod this path assiduously, sometimes stumbling, falling, but picking ourselves up again and doing the best we may. Thank you.